Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. This is Dr. D. Yvonne Young, and you're listening to Conversation with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Tonight is October the 27th, 2013, and it is a, a wonderful night here in Houston, Texas. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Tonight, I'm going to have a uh, conversation with a very, very, very beautiful woman. Uh, you, if you haven't been living under a rock, you may not know her, but you probably will know the name Portia Abram. She is a, um, I, I guess for lack of a better choice of words, she is definitely a well-put-together sister, and that is in between the ears as well as from head to toe. But what we want to talk about tonight is the realities of finding real, true love. Is there a such thing? Can you find it? And if you can find it, the question is, where in the hell do you look to find it? Can you find it uh, by going online? Can you find it going in the chat room? Can you actually blame it on the alcohol and find it in a nightclub? Can you find it at church with another fake Christian? What can you do to enhance the odds of you actually coming in contact with someone that not only will complement you but could possibly complete you? Well, with all of that said, as America's leading relationship expert, one thing that I get asked by countless magazines and uh, news stations, radio programs is, Dr. Young, how can I find the love of my life? Well, I'm going to tell you the answer to that when the show is over. But in the meantime, let me tell you some things that you might want to do to just increase the odds of you actually coming in contact with someone that may suit your taste. First, get up and get your hair done and take a bath, fellas, and go get a shave. You will never meet the perfect man, uh, perfect man, ladies, nor the perfect woman. Gentlemen, if you are sitting in your living room eating Cheetos and watching television while playing with a PlayStation, ain't going to happen. Next thing, if you actually do boy, uh, go and take a voyage beyond your porch, you might want to put your best foot forward. What that means is, don't go out there trying to front. Guys, quit walking around with all your rent money in your pocket playing like you're balling when you know you're living life on a budget. Ladies, you know, the fake hair, the fake nails, the fake everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what's really going to work in your best interest. Just be yourself. Leave your crib and go out and meet people and be you and do you. If they don't like you for who you are, I guarantee you who you're pretending to be will never suffice either. The other thing that I want to caution you about is tonight's show will be PG-17. So if you are not an adult, you might not want to listen to this show. And if you have your children within earshot of it, get ready to put the muffs on your baby's ears because I'm going to not use any profanity. Julia, I knew you were wondering, was I going to talk about that box of wine or smoking that blunt? No, I'm not going to mention the weed or the wine. But I am going to talk about the things that you can do to meet and keep someone interesting in your life. Now, with all of that good stuff said, tonight's show I have the blessing of having um, a woman that I really, really, really wanted to have on my show. I was talking to my uh, entertainment attorney, Jaylene Mack, and we were at the point we were uh, really just talking about dating and relationships and um you know, what was going on and, and some of the stuff that I'm engaged in. And she said, I have this young lady that I really think you need to meet. And I said, well, uh, is this business a personal? She said, it may be both, but you need to talk to her. I said, well, who is this woman? So she said, have you heard of Portia Abram? 
And I said, are you talking about the chocolate drop, really sexy Porsche that's on VH1's Tough Luck Boot Camp? She said, yes. And I said, of course I've heard of Porsche. She said, well, I think it's time to uh, make a phone call and let's see if we can get her on the show. Well, as Julia usually does, she pulled off another miracle, and tonight I have with me the lovely Portia Abram. Hi, Portia. How are you tonight? I am super duper. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. And hey, man, I couldn't resist this. I've got a laundry list of stuff, so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I am not going to take – I may take a break, but I doubt it seriously, and I'm going to – Welcome you guys to call in. Let me give you the number. It's 646-478-5610. You have to press 1, and your call will get screened. It's 646-478-5610. And for some of you perverted weird brothers, please do not call in because I'm going to drop your call like a bad habit. So be very, very much a gentleman if you do get in to speak with our guest tonight. Now, with that said, Portia, got to ask a question. When you got a phone call from BH1 saying, we want you on a reality show, I know for a fact two things got you on that program. One, your looks is number one. Number two (laughs) is your intellect and your charisma. What was on your mind when these people called you? Well, you know, it was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. That was my first thought. But then I, I began to think, this is a pretty big show. I've watched several seasons of Tough Love, and I know that it's, it's, it's the sixth season. I knew it was going to be great. I know it was great. I know they have, like, a, a very, very large following. But for them to select me out of the group of millions of women who, um, you know, or thousands of women who apply each year, I began to really question myself. I'm like, am I really that, like, messed up where they really want me? Um, are there some things that I'm doing that I'm oblivious to where I really need to correct these things so that I can be, like, in a successful relationship? I began to really, like, second-guess myself because in my mind I think I was I think I think was on the right track. I thought I was doing all the right things for me to, um, to, to learn about, you know, dating and to be successful in a relationship. So it was, you know, it was the, the catch-22. It was like, hey, I get to be on TV, but whoa, wait, you think I'm that fucked up in the head? Wait, what? Well, I can tell you this much. Um, Reality TV is something that people have no clue what they are getting into when they do reality (laughs) Because what's going to happen, and if any of you have ever been on the news, if you've ever had a news uh, news camera in front of your face, those people will sit and talk to you like they really care about everything that you have to say they will talk to you and have you thinking, all right, cool, this, is, um, this, this makes such good sense, and I'm feeling you. And uh, next thing you know, the only thing you see on your interview later that night on TV is something stupid. You know, you see when you said, <laughs> hell no, and, you know, there was no <laughs> other context for the conversation, or they have someone that you – have done this really eloquent, intelligent interview, and then they go find Mr. and Mrs. Fool and put them on. <laughs> so I was, with all of that said, you know I'm setting you up to take you to this thing with you and Steve. And, and ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that don't know who Steve is, uh, I'm going to just throw this out. First of all, I want you guys to check out this sister's website. She'll give it to you later. Gentlemen, I promise you this is not a hood rat. And and I'm going to tell you something else. This is a PK, meaning a preacher's kid. (laughs) Next thing I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is this girl graduated from the school where I went and uh, did my undergraduate pre-med stuff. That's the University (laughs) of Houston. She is nobody's dummy. So why in the hell did that man call you a hood rat? I think it's convenient, and that's, you know, the plight of, you know, signing up for reality television. It's like, you know, you want to expose yourself and you definitely want the help. You want somebody to to open your eyes so that, you know, you can see outside of your box and outside of the realm of the people that you typically deal with and the advice that you would get and the counsel that you would get from, 
you know, the interaction with your friends and family. And I went there with an open mind thinking that, you know, hey, I want an unbiased, unfiltered opinion of, you know, what Portia is doing wrong in, you know, her, you know, her, her ideal, like, dating, like, um, categories or, or sequence. I wanted to, like, really be on the right track. And, um, yeah, in the process, I was, yeah, I was called a lot of names by Steve and, um, by some of my house. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Hang on. Pop the brakes. Pop the brakes, boo. You already know I've got to ask you what other names, Steve, because I've got issues with Steve, but I'm not going to discuss those yet. But I think that he is definitely marginalized. <laughs> and anytime you got your mama co-hosting a relationship show with you, that's already questionable. <laughs> but I really want to ask you, what other names did this dude call you? Um. Everything from ugly to um, narcissistic to repugnant to selfish, um, narrow-minded, I could go on. It was all the things that I am not. And it's so crazy, like, you know, my friends who watch the show, they, like, they call me and they're, like, the following day or, like, later on that night or if we're watching it together, they're like, wait a minute, time out, you're being so real, like, it's so you on the show. Like, where are they getting these, like, made-up, you know, characteristics or personalities from? Like, this is so not you, what they're trying to make you to be. And it's laughable. That's the crazy part. Um, it was one specific date that I went on with, like, um, with a guy, and it was a Habitat for Humanity date. And we were we were, we were laying, like, horse manure in the front yard, just a fertilizer, and, like, we were getting dirty with it, and I enjoyed it. It was cool. I work out three or four times a week. It's nothing for me to, like, push a wheelbarrow with dirt in it. Definitely different from me being at, you know, at my typical gym, but it's still a workout. It's cool. Not a big deal. Yeah, I had on my fancy, like, shoes, but I was there, and the purpose was bigger than Portia Abraham. It was more than what I could offer, you know, on a daily basis, and I was, I was, elated to be able to be a blessing to somebody else in their circumstance and, you know, and their lack. And so it was an amazing experience for me. And I even shared with my date and, like, with some of the other people in the house that I was so excited to be able to do that outside of Houston, outside of the normal things that I do, to be able to be in L.A. and still giving back to my community because that's what I do. And I proceeded to tell them how I, you know, how I oversaw um, the youth engaged in service um, organization here in Houston and how I, like, I plan, like, um, community service outreach projects for, you know, the masses of a lot of, like, young age kids and how I'm a mentor for that completely omitted it, omitted that part. And it was just like, oh, Portia, you don't want to get your nails dirty or you don't want to get your nails, like, broken or you don't want to get your shoes. Like, they completely, like, edited to make me seem like I'm the crazy person, which was funny to me, but at the same time, like, you know, they have to make TV. I understand ratings. I understand how that works, but at the same time, it's like, completely like you know separate from my character and like who the authentic Portia was so you know those things were like I, I cringe like literally watching myself on TV because it's like when I make a joke like oh I don't want to get my shoes dirty like that's funny to me but like that's not how I genuinely feel so you know you just have to roll with the punches but it was it was a many a days that I cringed <laughs> watching it <laughs> Okay, the first thing I want to ask is, uh, and we've got callers lined up wanting to ask you a, a question, um, and we're going to take a couple of those callers in just a second. But what I want to ask you is, you had an ex-significant uh, other that was somewhat famous. You do not have to give his name, but I know that he's an NFL football player. What happened with that relationship? Um, like many of women, or rather people, um, I was cheated on, and I think that, like I even told Steve, I think that me being cheated on was like my reality check, and I think that that makes me um, a better person today because of that, because I thought that I had the brains and because I had the beauty. For some reason, I thought I was going to be, um, you know, different from the masses of, you know, regular women who were cheated on. I thought that I was immune to that. And I needed to know that, you know, he could still cheat on me with a, another basic chick that wasn't, you know, as educated or not as pretty as me. I needed to see that, and I needed to know that, you know, life is more than, you know, looks or just beauty. You have to have the whole package, and you have to um, be on the same accord with another person. 
in order for you to be successful in our relationship. So it was a learning process, and I'm grateful for it. So. Okay, I've got a, I've got someone on. Leisha, uh, you're calling in from Texas. Where are you calling in from, Leisha? I'm from Houston. Okay, what's your question or your comment? I just, I was just wondering, the guy Sal that you were dating on the show, did you guys ever hook up after the show? Huh, uh, Leisha, that's a good question. Um, Sal was a sweet guy. He was sweet, but I think that our personalities were way too much alike. I think that um, he wasn't taking any shit from anybody, and neither was I. But at the same time, I think that my difference between myself and Sal was that I have no problem, as you guys saw on um, one of the last episodes, was that I have no problem with expressing when I'm wrong in a situation or when I, I have a you know, I, I'm at fault in a in a situation. Whereas Sal, when he made his little comment about him being too tall to run in the park, that analogy just wasn't on point, and that just didn't sit right with my spirit. <laughs> so I called wait, him wait, out. Wait, 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 hang on, hang on. Yeah, I gotta I interrupt you again. Yeah. What the hell did he mean by he was too tall to run in the park? Oh, so you have a question about that too. See, that was my exact thought. I asked Sal, he's a personal trainer. I asked him, so what did you do the last time we went on a date afterwards? What did you do? He said, oh, I trained a customer. And I said, oh, a client. I said, okay, well, what did you guys do? And he was like, oh, we weren't running. I was like, oh, well, do you, guys, you normally train at the gym or do you, you know, train with them at the park? And he was like, well, you're not going to catch my tall ass running at the park. And me, being a formal, uh, being a former, a former teacher, I had to ask because I know about analogies and I I know how that thing works and it just didn't correlate. Like you know, if you're tall, you don't want to run inside of a little clown like playhouse. I get it. Or if you're tall, you don't want to drive a Mazda Miata. I get it. But if you're too tall to drive to to run at the park, I don't get it. It just it didn't make sense. And I I was like, well, maybe it's something that I don't know about. So I asked him about it. He flipped out and then he wanted to leave the date. He excused himself and I gladly walked him to the door. It was just completely weird. And I think that, again, if he had no problem with admitting his faults and just, you know, being vulnerable and just being humble and, like, being open to getting to know somebody, it's nothing for you to be like, okay, okay, touche, you got me. That was a bad example. But I'm too tall or I'm a tall guy and, like, it makes me feel weird or I don't like running outside or I only run at the gym. If he would have explained it in that sense, it would have made sense. But he kept trying to make it seem like I was crazy and that I was, like, giving him a hard time or that I was overanalyzing things because I thought that his analogy was poor. It was it was a poor example. So um, Sal and I, needless to say, it didn't work out, and I am single ready to mingle in case anybody wants to know. Wow. I got a bunch of brothers on the line holding to talk to you. I don't know what you just opened up. I don't know if you all opened up the Cracker Barrel or the government teas that you're definitely going to have fun to deal with. Uh, Felicia, I want to ask you a question. What is your impression of that particular episode? What do you think, and be honest? As far as the episode with her, uh, with, with Sal making the analogy? No, just her and Sal, the interaction. What did you see? from the outside looking in, how did that look to you? I mean, I really, I mean, it really made sense to me because, I mean, like she said, the analogy really did make sense. And, I mean, I, I honestly kind of did the same thing. The yeah. Meaning would have done what? <laughs> uh, walked in behind to the door. Sal, <laughs> I think your stock just went down. Wow, wow. Sal, Sal, man, if you're listening to this, uh, don't call in my damn show because I think your stock went down and I do not need my ratings to go where your stock went. But, hey, Lisa, thank you for that. Thanks for being honest. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks. Okay, hey, uh, Alicia, thanks for your call. We're going to go ahead and take Courtney. Courtney from Atlanta, Georgia, the ATL. What's up, Courtney? Hey, how are you guys? We are great. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, so, what's your question or your comment? Well, my question was, and I guess I'm kind of starting to see the writing on the wall here, but I was wondering if she ever felt like she had a genuine connection with Sal, maybe in the beginning, and then things maybe went awry. I don't know if she ever just felt any sparks. I, I couldn't tell. Yeah, um, Courtney, I think that was a really good question. Um, when I first met Sal, I was dressed as a man, so it was completely awkward for me. He was the first guy that I've ever 
that I ever dated on Tough Love or during boot camp that I was physically attracted to. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, crap, he's fine. This is weird. I have a mustache and a toupee little situation and a suit. It was just weird. And then we proceeded to talk. He told me how he basically came from nothing and, like, he just he's, like, self-made. We had so many connections. It was amazing. But as time, like, passed, I think that it was, um, again, I thought that he was a nice guy, but I saw characteristics that, um, I couldn't see myself dealing with and I thought would have been an issue with, with dating. You know, I, I want my relationships to be as, you know, trouble-free as possible. Obviously, no relationship is absolutely perfect, but when you have, you know, issues with someone from the beginning that that person or you can't move forward past, then you kind of see, like you said, the writing's on the wall. And, you know, as time kind of passed, I was like, okay, he's a nice guy, but he would be an awesome boyfriend for someone, just not me. Okay, hang on. I've got to ask you this, Portia. What did you see? Now, fellows, get the pen and the paper out, because most of the (laughs) things that women don't like won't just apply to this particular young woman. And it's really funny that uh, we get this call from Courtney in Atlanta while you said you were disguised as a man with a mustache and then talking, never mind. But (laughs) but the point I'm making is um, I want to ask you, what are some of the deal breakers? And first, I'm going to ask you that question, Portia, and then Courtney, I want you to tell me what are some absolute no-nos. So, Portia, give me two, then Courtney, I want you to give me two. Um, absolute deal breakers would be um, people who don't or guys who don't have substance. Um, I've experienced a lot. I obviously haven't experienced, you know, the whole world, but it's it's my plan to, and I want to be enlightened by whoever I'm dating, whether it's them explaining to me how to maximize on my tax return or if it's them recommending a book or them telling me the better oil to get when I get my oil changed. I want someone to be an asset in my life and not a radio in my life. He's taking courses. Okay, hey, uh, hang on just a second, whoever that is talking. Go ahead. Keep, uh, tell me what's number two, Portia. Um, number two is um, I would say um, someone who doesn't have goals, someone who isn't ambitious, um, and they're completely content in their current position, and it doesn't make them, or they're not obligated, or they don't feel inclined to, like, supersede their current position. I'm always trying to figure out what's next, what's better, how can my family and my friends benefit from me doing something else. And I'm okay with, you know, someone who is literally, like, out here on these streets. Like, if you work at you, – you change oil every day, and that's your job, and you're the best freaking oil changer there is, I commend you. But if you want to change oil for the rest of your life, like, let's talk about that. Like, that's an issue for me. If you don't want to own your own, like, you know, franchise of Jiffy Lube or some kind of oil changing company, then that's an issue because I want so much for myself. And just – and it's not like – you know, I'm, like, looking down on someone who doesn't, you know, who isn't, like, rich because that's that's inconsequential. I want somebody who, like my dad, who, you know, you started from the bottom and you proceeded to wait, work your way up and you're not going to stop. You're going to continue to put in the work to make yourself better, to provide for yourself, to provide for your family. And that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. So what you're saying is if the guy's on hot fries, it's okay. But, dude, you got to be at least working your way up to ship manager. you got to be on them burgers. you got to be on them burgers at least. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, Courtney, what is – y'all pray for me. Courtney, what is your, your take on this? Give me two things that are definite deal breakers for men that you would take an interest in. Um, I definitely feel like someone needs a good – some type of good spiritual foundation. So, like, we have to kind of be on the same accord with where we are spiritually, just our belief system. And um, number two, I need someone to make my life easier because I know people think being single is very glamorous, but being single is glamorous, you know, so says Sex in the City. But whenever it comes (laughs) to, like, taking your car in to go get serviced or trying to go buy a new car or calling to see why your electric bill is there or, you know, maybe, you know, you've had a situation at a dealership or at the mechanic, you need a man in your life. And if I'm dating someone that's not, like, going to be there in a jiffy 
or going to take my car in or going to help me out in a situation, not even financially, just lighten my load and be the leader that my dad was or that my mom always showed me I should really demand in my household, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Wow. Okay. Hey, all you B-list brothers, it's time for you to go ahead and get your hopes up. Sounds like these ladies are willing to give you a chance. However, before you do that, you might want to try to get your stuff together so you do have something to offer other than, anyway. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Courtney. Now, I have Thank a brother so that's on the phone that's been waiting in the wings. Sorry we had to mute you, Jesse, but uh, we had your conversation bleeding in. But, Jesse, if you are there, welcome to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young tonight. Thank you for uh, receiving my call. Uh, my name is Jesse, and I had a question for Portia to find out what was her uh, childhood like. Um, thank you for calling, Jesse. My um, childhood was actually pretty amazing. Um, while I was a child, I didn't appreciate um, the luxuries that I had or um, just the upbringing that I had because I spent so much time in church um, because I, I grew up in church. I was literally like from the time the doors opened to the time the doors closed, I was there. Whether it was whatever day of the week, I was there. My parents were very strict, but and I wasn't able to appreciate it as a child. But, I mean, I, I didn't go without a meal. Like when holidays came around, like my birthday came around, they looked out for me. I had, you know – I had all the things that I, I desired and I wished for. Um, I just wasn't allowed um, to experience, like, the, the, I don't know, like the luxuries of, like, the, the parents who were, like, the single parents who didn't have time to, like, um, you know, to spend as much time as I did, like, Bible study at my kitchen table um, with my parents. So um, my parents were a little bit more strict, but I think I, it played out in a very, very good way. Um, long term because those are things that I fall back on and those are my foundation and those are the things that make me a stronger woman and that makes me, um, you know, more demanding, again, when it comes to relationships and it makes me more cognizant when it comes to, like Courtney said, dealing with someone who doesn't share the same belief system that I have and being able to stand my ground and, and hold, my, hold, my, my, hold my ground when it comes to that. So um, I would say all in all, my, my childhood was, it was amazing. I got to ask you, Jesse, what made you ask that question? Well, you know, a lot of us uh, grew up in a strict uh, in a strict house. Oh, well, let me rephrase that. Grew up in a strict home because a house is not a home unless you have parents that are dedicated to the life that they live. And I just wanted to know if, you know, if, 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 she grasped uh, the bringing up that she was brought up in. And to those guys that want to be, uh, get crazy with her, they must understand she's a strong woman uh, and she can hold her own. I agree. I think that, too, like on my episode where my parents came, I got so many, like, emails and, like, text messages or Facebooks or Instagram posts or just, Facebook messages, everything where people were like, hey, it's so crazy. I didn't like you at first, <laughs> but, like, your story is so many other people's story. And I love that, like, you know, you love your dad, like, that's your biological father, and, like, he was there for you. I feel like I know your family because, you know, you are so, now that I, I realize, like, you are so centered around family and you love your, your parents. I'm, like, so grateful that you were able to share your story. And I even had some people say, like, you know, on the on the other end of the spectrum, like that's why you're so broken because you don't know your you know your biological father. But I never had a lack, and I thank God that I never had a lack because my dad has been the only dad that I knew, and there was never any void that needed to be filled. My dad taught me how to expect what I needed to expect, you know, in a relationship, and you know, know what is the norm or what is you know, acceptable when it when it comes to dating. He, like, literally, like, my dad, like, if somebody called our house, like, as a kid, like, after nine, like, we didn't take calls. And my dad would shut that down immediately. If someone called our house as a kid and, like, my dad said hello and they said, can I speak to Portia, he would say hello and they say, can I speak to Portia, he would check them off the top. I said hello, you need to say hello back. And, like, those kind of small things, like, again, like that sense of, like, you know, um, of, of, 
recognition and being able to be hospitable to others, like that's, again, one of those things that shaped me to be who I am, and, and I appreciate those things. So some people can make it bad, they can make it good, but I, I mean, maybe real biased, but I turned out good in my own opinion. <laughs> hey, Jesse, Jesse, I'm going to ask you a question real quick. I, I, I've got one question to ask. Uh, one more question, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get off. Uh, that is, is that uh, the one question I have to ask is: Did your dad ever whip you? Hell yeah! Let me tell you, my dad would make me go pick my switches off of the tree, my doggone self, and that was painful because I thought I had a science. I thought if I picked the ones that were green, I would be good. But I learned very, very quickly that the green ones are the worst ones. I had to get the ones that are a little bit more frail. Mm-hmm. Hey, right along. <laughs> i got to ask this question of Jesse before we let Jesse go, because uh, we've yeah. got another caller from New York City holding on. But, Jesse, I want to ask you this, man. Would you date a high-maintenance woman? Well, yes. Uh, yes, I would, because she's only high-maintenance if uh, somebody else sees her as high maintenance. Uh, Hello, high maintenance, Jesse. <laughs> uh, what a woman deserves is what a woman gets. Uh, That's me real. and my wife, me and my wife have been married. Uh, November be twenty four years, and cool. she's only high wow. maintenance because she, uh, she's only high maintenance because there are things that she wants. And I can provide, thank God. But high maintenance is only a frame of mind. That's good stuff, dude. Jesse, Jesse thank you for your call. Thank you, That was really cool. Okay, uh, before we take our next caller, uh, we're going to take uh, that call in just a second. But there's something I want to talk to you about, Portia. I am a uh, single guy, and I've raised my daughters to be not only successful women, but women that knew the value of leadership, that knew the value of a dollar, and I'm going to speak um, all of my daughters I'm very proud of, and my oldest daughter is about to be married to a guy that is just like a son to me, this dude, and I like And uh, when they have problems, it's so funny, within 30 minutes I will get a call from both of them, him asking me what he should do and her asking me what they should do, right? So it, it is a beautiful thing. Um, but what I want to ask you, do you think part of this label of high maintenance has much more to do with your standards, or do you think it's because you aren't apologetic for wanting to have nice things in your life? And before I say that, and any of you guys write me a letter, my pants are no longer by size. They're tailor-made. So I understand (laughs) what it's like to go into that world. But at the same token, I remember being a broke-ass student at U of H, and if it wasn't for Elwin Lee, Sheila Jackson Lee, the congresswoman's husband, <laughs> being my mentor and my saving grace, uh, I would have had a rough go of school, and I'm talking about the second time around. So I was a grown-ass man with grown-ass man problems. But at this, but I'm one, I want to want you to tell me, do you think you've been a labeled unfairly, or do you think you need to be apologetic? just because you've gotten to a point where you can have the finer things in life? That's a really good question, too. I think that um, I think that because I am unapologetic, I've been labeled high maintenance, but um, I guess on a bigger scale, I've, even after the show, I think that somebody told me a very, very good definition for high maintenance. High maintenance is, being able to do something for yourself but expecting other people to do it for you. And I think that's a very, very good description. If I'm walking around and I expect these random people, whomever, to buy me labels or to fund my lifestyle, which I've created for myself, which I can afford, and I tend to ask other people to fund for me, then that's selfish and that's high maintenance. But, I mean, that has nothing to do with, you know, me per se because I don't think that that's a I think I've, I've definitely been mislabeled I when I bought my first Porsche I didn't expect my dad to change my oil in fact my dad told me I'm not going to ever change your oil you bought a luxury car you take it to the dealership and you get that taken care of and since then I've never expected anybody to take care of those things 
whether it's my car, whether it's a pair of shoes or what have you. I mean, the, the things that I've purchased for myself or because I, you know, trips that I've taken, they're because I, I wanted to take them. And by grace of God, I had the finances to make that happen. But I've never once expected anyone else to do that for me. And I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm in that situation. So I would, I would de- definitely say it's fair to say that, you know, I was, I was mislabeled. Wow. Okay, I want to take this caller from New York. Leah, are you there? Yes. Okay, hi, Leah. You're welcome to Conversations with Dr. D.A. Von Young. What is your comment or your question for Portia? Okay, I wanted to ask Portia, do you think, like, some of your housemates were jealous of you, especially the other black girl, Judy? <laughs> Leah, you're funny. I think that... Um, I think that it's – I will definitely say that Soraya, she was like one of my – the only girl in the house that I got along with and I never had a situation with, if you will. I think that like Judy and other people who I've come in, in contact with on a regular basis, they, they assume that I'm going to walk around with a chip on my shoulder, that I'm going to be the angry black woman, that I'm going to be like hell to all black men or men in general because I'm angry, girl, I'm 30 and I'm single, and that's not my case. Or they're going to say, oh, you have labels, you're cute, you wear makeup, you think you're better than everybody else. And I think that for so long I've gone out of my way to make sure that people didn't throw me into that category, that I would go out of my way to be overly nice. I would try my hardest to overcompensate for their insecurities. I walk into a room and I'd be like, hey, guys, hey, oh, my gosh, I love your shoes. Oh, my God, I love your hair. Hair could be busted. Shoes could be trash. But I wanted people to know that I was a nice person and they need to get to know me and not, like, think that I was this high-maintenance, like, rude girl that's walking around, like, you know, with my head in the clouds. And so when I came to Tough Love, I came as a grown woman and not like the 25-year-old Portia. And I, like I said, I made no apologies. And so when she asked me, so why are you here? I said, well, I'm, I'm practically 30, I'm single, and I'm fabulous. And I, I made no apologies for that. And she said, well, well, no, what's your real issue? And I said, I have none. I mean, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, yet I'm single. And she, that wasn't a good enough answer for her. And she said, well, wait, we'll see. And, you know, and it, even on the first episode, if you if you watch it, it's like, it was like everywhere was kind of like waiting to know, like, well, what's her story? What's her issue? And, um, I mean, I guess in a lack of better words, I don't want to throw the J word around. Like, my friends and I, we say that. Like, the J word is like that taboo word. Saying that someone is jealous of you says that, like, almost like you're elitist. And I don't think that by any means. I think that I'm a basic girl who came from the hood, and I've been afforded the opportunities that I have been by the grace of God. So, like, if I come up and, you know, I'm successful in my job and I absolutely love my job and I do, you know, pretty good at it and I'm better off than you, and so be it. It doesn't make me a bad person. And if I happen to be single, honey, just, you know, hey, God's timing is perfect. And when he sends that man for me, that man is going to come and he's going to come full force and I'm going to be booed up. And I have no excuses, no apologies, no exceptions for anybody. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, Leah. What made you ask that question? Was it the Captain Save a whole thing? What, what was going on? <laughs> Hey, you know, it's always captain and captain can male or female, you know what I'm saying? So uh, what made you ask that question? I asked that question basically because every time she was in the hot seat, when the cameras, like, pans to the other castmates, especially Judy, it seemed like she was happy about it. Anytime Portia and uh, what's the host's name, Steve, had mm-hmm. any kind of issues, it, I felt like they were always trying to gang up against her without really looking into the situation, like when she went on a date with the guy who was disrespectful to her, and then when Steve asked her, do you think you're better than everybody else? And they went to um, Judy, the camera went to her, she was shaking her like, yeah, like she believes that Portia is better than everyone. It's just that she always had mm-hmm. an issue with Portia. I don't know if it's because there are two black women or she compared herself to Portia. Portia always had high ratings on her date. And Judy, it seemed like she tried very hard 
to put, portray some image or go hard with her dates, and she didn't necessarily get the kind of attention that she wanted on the show. That's why I asked that question because it, basically it's not she was always hating. I hate using that word, but that's what it appears like to me. Have you looked at them side by side? I think that explains everything. But the other <laughs> part of it is um, if you look, this is a show with a guy that has his mom hosting the show with him. So even if Steve's got a date, what are you going to do? you got to talk to my mom first? I mean, come on, dude. Uh, and then the other part of this thing, just being really honest, you know, because I've done enough television. I'm a relationship expert for a CBS affiliate here in Houston on the number one rated show on that, sh- on that uh, station. So the, uh, the thing that I've learned is quality television looks for a good story, and it looks Absolutely. to edify and educate and enlighten people. When you're looking at VH1, which I am not knocking VH1, I happen to love their programming. I think it's some of the craziest mess I've ever watched in my life. But <laughs> in, in certain venues, uh, there is a big uh, difference between this and Dr. Drew. You know, Dr. Yeah. Drew was really – something that had to do with enlightening and edifying and and helping people look at some serious dysfunction, where this particular program was not that. It was uh, a show that was based on sensationalism. Uh, I'm not trying to be racist or funny because, you know, I'm not going to go there, but I am going to say this, is that it is is only somewhat interesting that they they didn't pit any other characters against each other's on this program other than two black women. And it is also very in- interesting that when they pitted these characters against each other, the one that had the highest self-esteem, they attacked. Yeah. Now, I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm just saying. Uh, the I other think part that of in it, general, like in life, that's how it works. I think that for some reason, it's, it's hard to explain, but when you see someone who you, in your mind, whether you want them to be on a pedestal or not, whether they're up there because you, like, gradually handed them the steps or they made themselves there, it's, it, it's like, a, I don't know, a, a feeling in your heart that it just it's overwhelming and you just feel like a, a sense of, like, relief when you see them fall. I can't explain it, but somehow, like, that's how the human nature works. And I think the generalized public, when they watch that, they feel some kind. They feel better when they see me have like a breakdown, or they see me with no makeup, or they see me like you know outside of my element. That's what helps them sleep at night. Same thing. I can say specifically an example that I, where I fell short, and I, I feel like I, I was a victim of this as well. When my pastor told me like, "Hey, I, I remember a time when I was um, when I was doing bad, where I was broken. My car got repoed. Meanwhile, my pastor now drives a Maserati. But knowing like where he came from." I like respecting him more, knowing that, hey, you had bad credit, and they came and scooped up your car. For some reason, I felt some kind of good. I don't know how, but I felt some kind of good about that, and I identified with him even more. And I think that, too, once I had my moments on the show where my in my valleys, I guess you can call them on the show, where whether I was crying on TV with no, you know, with no makeup on or whether, you know, I was, like, going in and, like, being belligerent towards one of my castmates, like, People were able to either identify with that or they were able to see me, like, on a level, I guess, on their level where they can, like, criticize me. And they were able to sleep well that night because they were able to go in on me or give me a hard time, like, online. And I don't know. I guess it's just human nature, and that makes apparently for good TV. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you like this. Uh, Leah, thank you for your call. We've got another caller uh, calling in from Ohio. We're going to take Tiffany in just a second. But I want to say a couple of things about uh, this program, and I want to say a couple of things about my guest. First of all, this woman is also philanthropic. She works with disabled people, helping them to get prepared to have a real life and engage in a career, something we both have a passion for. She is also someone that is uh, her area of specialization is working with those who have compromises and challenges in life. I don't mm-hmm. think those things suggest that someone is a narcissist, nor do I think mm-hmm. that those things suggest and infer that someone is all out for self. To be quite honest, I have a waiting list of people to get in my office, and a lot of these people happen to be women of all races, and they are beautiful, well-educated women. They are doctors. They are attorneys. They are engineers. They make six-figure incomes, and they come in my office 
because they are looking for love. They are looking for a set of circumstances that can mm-hmm. transcend their moment. So I think it is really unfair, and I kind of I understand BH1. It's all about the ratings. I mean, it is all about the ratings. So they're going to try to find an exploitive moment and definitely do just that. what that word says, exploit it. But I want you guys uh, to be very aware that if you are ever willing to go and risk being on reality television, don't be surprised when your uh, less than better moments are what what they air. So just don't be surprised. With that said, I want to take Tiffany's call. Tiffany from Ohio, you're on Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Hi, how you doing? I'm, I'm good, to... Tiffany. What's your question or your comment? Well, first of all, I, I, my first comment is I don't think that it's a bad thing to expect more from men. Um, I mean, you should want a guy to sweep you off your feet. And second of all, do you ever think that you'll ever find love for sure? I hope you do because I feel like your demands are not unreasonable. Men should respect a woman and treat them like they're the queen of the universe, if that's their woman. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, I think that I definitely will. I like I. That's that could have been like my 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 statement that I've I've held true to. Um, you know. God's timing is perfect. When that person comes along for me, that's when it's going to happen. And when God sees fit, it's going to happen, but not a moment before. And not before my season is ready, am I going to meet this person or vice versa. So, you know, I think that um, in terms of, like, my expectations or my standards, there was a time when, you know, 23-year-old Portia, I was like, hey, if this man is not making, you know, this amount and he wasn't able to offer this financially and he wasn't able to offer that, I mean, I'm bad. So, like, he needs to really come and he needs to bring his A game. But, you know, experience in life and relationships and um, and dealing with people with disabilities who aren't able to fend for themselves and who are discriminated against because, you know, for whatever reasons that they can't control, you know, that's been like my sense of humility, like on a daily basis. I experience this every day at work. I can't go around expecting, like, the most from people and not being able to give the same in return. So I had to do a reality check for myself and say, hey, if you're expecting, you know, at the time, I'm 23, I wasn't making no six figures, I wasn't making, like, no crazy money, so why are you expecting this from a man, Portia? I had to, like, really do a reality check. So what are you bringing to the table? Oh, you're cute. Oh, you have a, you know, you have this or you have that, but that's it. Oh, okay, come harder. Bring your A game. That's not enough because it's a lot of the beautiful women who are offering the exact same thing, step your game up. And that's when I had to realize that it's more than that. It's way more than, you know, what somebody can bring to you financially, and that's not what life is about. So, yeah, I think that, you know, with time and, like, you know, experience, I was able to, to gain that, that bit of knowledge, and I approached that, you know, completely differently. And I don't walk around, you know, with these unrealistic expectations. Like, I'm telling you, I, yeah, I had, like, a, a whole, like, section in my little note section on my iPhone where it was, like, he has to know how to dance. He has to be into art. He likes. He has to like music. He has to have this kind of car. He has to make this much money. Uh, he wants. To, he has to be tall. He has to be dark. He has to be handsome. And like all that is like out of the window. Like what comes down to like the important things are you know what matters and what makes for the longevity in a relationship. Because, you know, if he could offer, you know, being tall and dark, but he doesn't have the conversation and you can't see yourself on your porch, you know, 40 years later, you know, rocking and, like, reminiscing on the good times, then, you know, what good is that? Well, I'm well, like, I make a very valid yeah. point. I mean, it, it is. A, it's a very valid point. Well, I really hope that when your season comes that you find the man that's meant for you because you're fierce, honey. You're fierce. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're Appreciate welcome. the call, Tiffany. I, I'm going to say this on behalf of not just uh, Portia, but people with common sense. I know for a fact, I have not gone to school for the last 10, 11 years of my life reading maybe, I'm going to say, uh, at, at an 8 to 10 point font, 2,000 pages every six weeks of content in order okay. to make sure I'm the top at my skill set and my game. Why in the heck would I want a woman 
that if I'm going to be in a relationship with you and my house note is, uh, you know, a four-figure house note, and to just have the lights, water, you know, meaning flush the toilet, cut the light, hit the light switch, the lights come on, and have something to eat in the refrigerator other than churches or Timmy Chan, I would like to know that you are able to help pay some of these bills. I am not looking for a dependent. I'm looking for a partner. I don't think it's anything wrong because if I'm me being a man saying such, you won't criticize me. As a matter of fact, some women are going, okay, well, there goes, you know, I look like I ain't going to pay less. No, boo, we ain't. Because if you wear pay less, I don't want you. You know, if that's Uh-oh. the best you can do, I understand <laughs> that. Because, like I said, I have been broke. I know what it's like to have that box with them five white candles. For those of you that are too uppity to know what that means, that means your power is off and you need to go Hello. and live, have a renaissance lifestyle for about three days till you get some money. Renaissance. But, <laughs> yeah, but the truth be told. I have actually gone and signed autographs, got in a limo that someone else paid for, signed autographs, and didn't have the money to tip the driver. Hello. So I, I'm very much so self-made. I know That's that humility. That's absolutely. I, I, can, I can absolutely attest to that. Like there have been days where it's been rough for me where, you know, people will see like the grand lifestyle or they see me in like my luxury car, but they don't know my struggle. And it's like, oh, you want to criticize me? But like I know that. And I know when it comes to a relationship, like at this point in my life, I'm not going to give up on it because I didn't get up on my life when, when, my, when my bills weren't paid or, you know, when I thought I was going to make this this amount of money and that amount of money, like, I still made it through and I was still, you know, I still I still saw the victory at the end of the day. Wow. And, and, and going even further, um, the current team I have from my attorney, Jaylene, or Julia, the producer of this show, they have been by my side when I wasn't balling, when I didn't have full confidence <laughs> with, with my program. Uh, Julia, one thing that made her and I ride or die, uh, we had a very unique situation with a very unique situation. I won't say anything more because neither of us <laughs> need to call our turn to defend that statement. But <laughs> the point is, she said to me, my dad was an entrepreneur, and her dad is like this ice-cold attorney in Houston. And she t- she said, but I remember that what it was like watching my father run a business. So, you know, just long as you honor your word, I'm ride or die. I remember Deborah being with me, the person wow. that is a mentor and a big instrument in my brand. Same relationship. Jaylene, when I met her, I was signing autographs and, you know, hoping that I sold some books because I needed money. I mean, I was broke, man. <laughs> and, and she was my attorney when I had a show on PBS. And when I had, I mean, national public wow. radio and all this kind of stuff. So I'm here to say to America, don't let the smooth taste fool you. At least <laughs> when you look at someone like Portia or you look at someone like myself, those of us that aren't full of, you know what, Julia, I did not say the S word that ends in a T. I didn't say it, Julia. But the Take a honey like iced tea. <laughs> yeah, you already know. I'm going to get in trouble. She told me, would you please stop cussing? So I'm not going to say and finish it. But um, the truth is, it is those moments, and I'm saying this to to all of you in Australia, all of you in the U.K., all of you in the Caribbean and in the Virgin Islands, I want you to hear this. If you could talk to Gandhi, if you could talk to Martin Luther King, if you could talk to even Jesus Christ, they would all tell you, the thing that gave them the glory was the struggle behind the story. Man. They will all tell you, don't let the smooth taste fool you, because until you get – one of my mentors, T.D. Jakes, told us one day in a meeting, he said, you know what, you, know, you will know that you've made it when you have a lot of haters. You will know yeah, that you've made it. If you don't have haters, it. you're not doing something right. Yeah, you're not doing something right. You will know <laughs> that you've made it when you can't afford the vision that God has given you. <laughs> you know, so you I'm going to tell you. If you can afford your vision, it's merely a dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So don't be mad when you see pressure walking arm in arm with me. Never mind, I'm stop that too. Ah, Y'all are going to fight. Hey, we that. both single. Like, y'all better be, y'all better be watching that now. <laughs> hey, I guess, yeah, hey, my stock just went up. See that? See that? Okay, Portia, you know to hit me on the Facebook email when the show is over, right? I got you. <laughs> okay. 
America just got really scandalous. Now, we got one other person. We're going to take this quick call from Crystal, and after we take Crystal, we're going to come back with Portia and, and spend about 10 more minutes with Crystal. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Von Young, and now you are part of that conversation. What's happening? Hi, Portia. Hi. Okay, this is a quick question that I have for you. Um, at what age do you feel that you were already uh, financially stable enough to bring, like what she said, that you felt like you weren't bringing the same, at 23 years old, the same as men were bringing to the table financial-wise? At what age did you feel like you were already doing the same that they were doing? Um, I think that that's a good question, one. I would like to say that first off, but I think more importantly, I think that my mindset, before my dollars were even there, I think that my mindset was there, if that makes sense. I prided myself in not, it's a cliche, but not watching reality television and not being the person that runs home to sit in front of our television to, you know, eat dinner and watch TV. I would rather read a book or I'd rather read an article and, you know, whether it's about work or it's about, you know, um, current events, that's what helped me supersede, like, you know, the situation that I was in when I was broke. And it just changed my, my mindset. And so I will say that um, when I was 26, that's when I first bought my Porsche, and I'm 30 now, so maybe about four years right. ago. And that's a whole lot of time in between, but that wasn't a whole mm-hmm. lot of first dates, a whole lot of, like, let's exchange numbers, and then I have, like, that first conversation with you or a couple text message conversations with you and you don't know how to spell, you don't know the difference between your, your, and your, or, you know, you don't know that there right. are a a certain word, and, you know, it's, it's the end of it, I have to change your name and my phone to a DNA, do not answer, <laughs> a whole long process of that, or, like, genuinely a guy would, you know, I would go on a date and they would walk me to my car and they would be like, whoa, excuse me, yeah. and then it was like, <laughs> I saw there. I saw their attitude change towards me, which was even if I had a great time and I thought they were an intellect and I had, like, you know, an amazing date with them, I could see right. that, you know, their attitude changed and that would make me, like, leery of them because if you're already insecure and outside of my – you don't know if I'm boring someone's car. You know, you don't know my situation. That's what made me kind of, like, perk up. But, um, you know, I always, you know, strive for the best. I want more and I'm always expecting more and – not just expecting, but I'm going out to get it, and I think that's what kind of like sets some people aside from others. So I think that's a really good question. <laughs> hey, yeah, Crystal, let me sorry. ask you a question. Where are you in your game right now? I mean, are you at a place in your life where you are almost where you're trying to get? Or are you still trying to get in where you fit in? Where are you in your life right now? I am actually um, a college student. And I'm actually a college student, and I will be a senior this upcoming August. Congratulations. Thank you. But I I am sort of in the middle of a relationship in which he has way more to bring to the table than I do. And I feel like it, I feel like it kind of is an issue without him letting me know. You know, I'm going to give you some advice on that, and this is for all of the ladies that are listening to this show this evening. Yes. Relationships happen in your life for a reason, a season, or a lesson. The guy that may be Mr. Right now may be Mr. Right, but don't leave off the word now. He may be Mr. Right for right now. And that doesn't mean that you're taking advantage of someone or that you're using someone. And, fellas, the same thing applies to women. Too often what we do is we get with people and we create this fantasy in our head about who they may be or what they are. And when it's really your moment, you're going to know it. There's going to be this connection where you look in this person's eyes and see things other than veins and fake contact lenses. There's going to be this moment (laughs) when uh, both of you, get they hand you the check and you both reach for it and your hands touch at the same time because nobody's trying to play anybody. It is much better right. for you to be sincere and transparent and allow someone to love you for everything that you are, but even more important, for them to love you for everything that you aren't. If they can see the vision that you have for your life, the provision will show up out of nowhere. 
Right. I think that's absolutely amazing advice, and I definitely receive that. Like, even as a 30-year-old, like, that never gets old. Like, being reminded of that, it can take you so much further, like, in life and in terms of relationships. That goes to friendships, you know, and not taking your friends for granted and seeing their worth and their potential, um, as well as, like, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, actual, like, you know, uh, non-platonic relationships. So I definitely, I definitely receive that. Well, I, I want to tell you, Crystal, thank you for the call this evening. We're getting ready to uh, almost wrap this thing up. But, Portia, a couple of questions I have for you, and, Crystal, thanks for calling in. Portia, thank you, guys. Is, thank no you. No problem. What is next on Portia Abrams' agenda? Um, I want to um, look outside of just being single and fabulous and being fabulous um, and whether that's, you know, being in a relationship or if it's just dropping the, the the title of being single, I think that you know in our culture it's it's in our culture it's so the norm to you know place this age limit on being single, and once you hit the thirty mark, it's like you know crunch time. And I don't feel like that's the necessity. While I would like to be like in a relationship and like to move forward um, with dating somebody, that's not my primary you know goal. I want to be even better at my job. I want to be more successful in my career. Um, I've been doing some acting and, like, dabbling in, like, you know, some some hosting. So that's definitely been an amazing opportunity and experience. So I definitely welcome any of that as well. Well, how can the, our, your fans and the people that want to get in contact with you reach you? Because we definitely want to make sure that um, – they can become part of the Porsche Abram experience. I know you have a great website out. Is there a contact number? Because uh, I, I know that you're hosting events and making personal appearances and doing talks to different groups and what have you. So how can everybody get up with you? Perfect. I, uh, my contact information for inquiries or for random questions or inappropriate questions are like, what kind of weave is that in your hair, or what kind of lipstick is that, or do you have on sinks on this episode, don't post it on my page. Um, go ahead and, like, send me an email, or if you're interested in booking me for a party, obviously send me an email to portiaabraham um, at gmail.com. And obviously, um, like my page on Facebook, it's Portia Abraham, simple enough. Um, my Instagram is at the Portia Abraham. It's spelled Portia like the car, Abraham like Lincoln, and my Twitter is dprettyp. Simple enough. Wow. Well, I tell you what, I think tonight has definitely uh, been a blast. There's a lot that's been said, and I appreciate you being part of the nice show, Portia. We will be my in contact pleasure. very my soon, pleasure. and I think uh, I know for a fact I want you back on the show. And I will be there in the mix. Yes. <laughs> okay, America, the United Kingdom, Canada, I want to tell you guys thank you so much for sharing your Sunday evening with me. That was the beautiful Portia Abram. Now, what did you learn from tonight's program? Well, I hope you learned a few things, and I'm going to recap it. Number one, don't believe the hype. Television is just that, television. And if you start uh, buying into the labels that are put on people, especially women, and women of color especially, or even men of color, or just uh, people, period, don't believe the hype, man. These shows are, many of them, I'm not going to say all of them, are out simply to get the ratings. And you don't need Ayala to fix your life. You can fix your own damn life if you just use some common sense, <laughs> especially when it comes to relationships. One of the first things that I'm going to suggest that you do is slow it down. Don't yeah. be in a hurry. Anybody that's trying to rush you or pressure you, you know, that you don't have to do that because if it's real, you're going to feel it yourself. If you end up being in a situation where you have a two-hour phone call with somebody and then you have another phone call that lasts an hour, that may be a sign that you are really connecting with someone or it may be a sign the other person is just bored as hell and you're the only person they call. But the truth of it is, is there is something out there for everybody. And you cannot find true love until you find that one special, sweet, dear person that really wants to get to know you better than anybody. And if you want to find that person, here's where you look. 
Go to your mirror. That's right, you. You need to yeah. look at yourself. If you can't love you, why in the hell would someone else want to? If you don't want to be alone with you, why in the heck would anyone else want to be alone with you? And to be quite frank, until you learn to love yourself, how in the dickens can you learn to love anyone else? Well, with that said, this has been Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I will see you guys on Wednesday at 12 noon. We have a heck of a surprise in the show for you then. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right here. Oh, and one other thing. I want to tell America and Australia and the U.K. and everyone, thank you so much for making us one of the top most significant programs on Blog Talk Radio, and we are now a featured program. So we could not do those things without first Julia Randall, my producer. So I love you, girl, and you know there's nothing you can do about it. But I want to tell you, the listening audience, I love you guys so much, and thank you because without you, I damn sure couldn't be me. Have an awesome evening, and I will talk to you on Wednesday. Good night.